Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Hey, we are in a brand new series. Uh, if you missed last week, it's called Cross, Say Crossing Over. Don't get too excited. Uh, crossing over. Um, so learning how to let God lead us to the next pl- uh, place of purpose, freedom, provision, and destiny for our life. I'm so convinced that this is the message right now that we're in for what we're going into. Um, and, and it's very significant because in this message, you'll hear different truths and elements of what God wants to do with us and through us personally. It's very important to, to listen to what God is saying. Um, crossing over into a better life, crossing over into our next kingdom assignment to impact the next group of people for Jesus, crossing over into a deeper more meaningful relationship with God. Amen? I don't know about you coming out of this season we came out of, but I heard, heard God say one thing. He said, listen, there, there are those who are gonna come out of this quarantine changed and, and, me, and, and, and understand the deeper, meaningful relationship of God. And then there's those who, who won't. And I, and I don't mean that. Maybe nobody, hopefully nobody here. I, I pray that we all are learning something from what we came out of. Amen? And, and I think that's the most important thing. And, and, and yet... And yet it's a choice that we have to cross over. It's a choice that we have to get out of this season and into the next. Is anybody here today? Because God has a plan to get you to your next promised land. And I've noticed that this God is not in the settling business. He's always looking to advance, say advance, his kingdom. He's always looking for people to advance with him. Amen? Matthew eleven twelve. 12, look at this. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until right now, this very moment, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Amen? So, and it says the violent people are attacking it, but, but look at this. Of course the enemy does not want you and I to advance the kingdom. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want God's kids blessed, so he The enemy tries and tries to discourage us and stop us. But like I said before, God has a plan to get you to your next promised land. So you may have heard the story. We're not going to tell you the whole story. And and I would encourage you to read it for yourself in Exodus and Joshua. Just to recap, God's kids were trapped for over 400 years simply because of their own desire to follow their own path common theme in life. All of us understand that, don't we? They were miserable and frustrated. It wasn't pretty. So they finally get sick and tired of being sick and tired. One of the greatest things you can do to begin to cross over is to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's it. If you can get sick and tired of being sick and tired, that is the beginning of your crossing over to what God has for you. So they they pray this gut-felt prayer. The Bible says they shriek to God. They scream to God. God hears them and rescues them. And I just want to say, don't we have an awesome God? Because I know that when when people struggle... When you struggle, we might think that, okay, now there's a season of reprimand. Now there's a season where God's going to, he's going to sit me down and tell me all the things I did wrong. No, 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 no. 
God just says, when you shriek, when you cry out to him, I'm gonna come and rescue you. That's how, that's how awesome our God is. But he not only rescues them, he reminds them of the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. You have to go back and look at uh, last week's message because it wasn't just milk and honey they were looking at. They were looking at all the ways to produce milk and honey. They were seeing that. But he promises this land and now they are about to experience it for the very first time. Let me just say this to you. You've never experienced the land that God has for you yet. The land we're talking about, God, God you, you, haven't, you haven't experienced it yet. You may have experienced a land. But what I've, what I've understand, understanding about, about, uh, about life and walking with God, there are many crossing overs. You know that? There are just many, cro- there, there's one major crossing over, and that's with Christ. And then all of a sudden, there's all these crossing overs into new areas and new lands and new people to meet and impact. Do you, you notice that too? So they're about to experience new land for the first time. And a new leader named Joshua would lead them. So Joshua begins to get everyone ready to enter the land. Just say, get ready. Picture Joshua for a moment. He's about to give them a passionate and spirit-filled command in just a minute. You know why? Because he was not going back. And I'll tell you something right now. If there's one thing the enemy wants us to do is to go back, to stay back and to go back, to stay back in the pain, to stay back in the past. He wa- he'd love for us to stay there. So Joshua gives this, you know what? Joshua wasn't going back. Joshua was the one who was wanted, was supposed to go in a just a few day journey. He was going in with Caleb and because of the rest of the people complained and gossiped and all this, they had dis- because of that. Matter of fact, there's, there's one thing I love about our church coming back. And there's so much unity. Man, that first day coming back, I'll tell you something, just felt so, so good. Pentecost Sunday. I was so happy. Oh, I pray that we keep that unity. Oh, I pray in Jesus' name that we have that kind of heart because that's when God shows up. And I also pray that sometimes people in your life that maybe don't want to go forward, they might stay back. And that's okay because this is you personally. How are we going to get you to the other side? So Joshua was not going back to Egypt. Amen? So it just wasn't going to happen. So I stand before you today. And for some reason today, and I I know why, I have a very great resolve in this moment. I have a great persistence in me. I have a great passion and determination to speak into your heart and your mind, just like Joshua did. Thank you, Chad, for that. I love that. And I pray today that that you would take this to heart Because this is more significant than we know. Crossing over is more significant than we will ever know in our lives. So you're not going to get funny, Dan, today. (laughs) But maybe maybe something will come out. But you're just going to get a passionate pastor. Your, Your pastor. Your pastor today. Your leader. 
I'm, I'm, I'm a Joshua today for you because I don't want you to stay back. I don't want you to, to go back. I don't want you to think back. I want you to think that there is a land flowing with milk and honey today. I'm not your buddy. I'm not your friend. Today I am, but, but not today. I'm just your leader. So here it is, Joshua 1, 10 through 11. Joshua then commanded the officers I forgot, I gotta turn this way because it, it's different now on screen. Uh, Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days, you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land your God is giving you. So get ready. Say, get ready. That's what Joshua, Joshua's telling the people, get ready to cross over. And I don't know, it could be that your crossing over is in 30 minutes. It could be your crossing over is in three days. It could be your crossing over is in three weeks. I don't know what it is for you, I don't, but I'll tell you something, it's coming if you're willing. Get ready. So you could subtitle this message, get ready. Because apparently, there were things they needed to carry over, right? He's saying that. Get your provisions ready. Certain provisions for the short journey. Yes, they were packing some food, maybe some extra socks and underwear. I get that. But I believe they were also to take the spiritual things over, the invisible yet powerful things over. Those were the things they would, would truly get them to the other side. Man, I hope we get this today. Preparing and packing for a trip is always important, don't you think? And what you bring can make all the difference, or not bring. I've, I've made mistakes going on certain trips, forgetting certain things for that certain trip that I wish I had gotten, that I had to go to the store and buy some more stuff. And then I've noticed that some trips, sometimes we take too much like our first honeymoon trip that we went to, to Hawaii. Um, we packed like we were going to China for a month. That's what I noticed. We were, I don't know why, but we just, we overpacked. Probably didn't use three quarters of what we had in those bags. Even someone said, wow, where are you guys going? I said, we're just going to Hawaii for a couple days. Um, Talked to a friend years ago who was hiking for the first time in the, I believe it was the Appalachian Mountains, and he, he, he hiked little day trips, loved to do it, and this time he was going for multiple days on this trip, and so he says, I can't wait. I heard it's so beautiful up there. So he went up on this, all by himself, hiking down this incredible path, but what happened was he noticed that, that he was always looking down at the ground, because his backpack was so heavy. He packed so much stuff in this thing that all he could do was just be miserable and frustrated and walking down this path. And he noticed he never got to look around and see the beauty that was around him. Finally, he comes upon another backpacker and he notices that backpacker had a really small backpack. And he said, how come your backpack's so small? He goes, I only take the essentials. Because if it's too heavy, you won't be able to enjoy everything around you. You guys get what I'm saying? Sometimes we pack too much. Sometimes we carry too much. I believe that God wants us to enjoy the journey. 
to the promised land. Amen, let me say it again. I believe God wants to to enjoy that word Emily just spoke about, joy coming up again, to enjoy. Enjoy means put joy in. Enjoy the journey of the promised land. But in order to do that, we need to pack light. So let's take the simple necessities, the essential and important things, yet the powerful things. And let me just say this. There's gonna be a fight for these things, if you haven't known already. The enemy wants to steal them from your backpack. What I'm, about, what I'm about to tell you, this is what he tries to do. He tries to steal, kill, and destroy. But you must not let him. You must get your provisions ready. You must not let him take these things from you. Because these are essential to cross over. But I believe, I'm going to give you five as quickly as I can. But I believe you only need one. Just like David only had one stone to kill a giant, I believe one of these, see what's gonna, I'm gonna give you five and one of these is gonna speak to your spirit. You'll be like, that's it. That's it for me. That's for me. Grab it. Grab it. Cross over with it. It'll get you there. It'll give you success. It'll bring great courage. Here they are to cross over and take possession. You'll need to, number one, take your promise. And this is so important. Say, take your promise. I've found out that it's much more difficult to move forward into a promised land without a promise. Makes sense, right? The promise will lead you into your future. Without one, we just wander. God has hundreds of promises that he has solemnly taken an oath to deliver. He will fulfill. Look at this in 1 Kings 8.56. If you're ever wondering about God's promises and what he wants to do, look at this verse. Praise the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses. This was the dude that was the, uh, just came just before Mo, uh, Joshua. Moses raised up Joshua. So he's telling, hey, don't forget now, I'm, all the promises I told Moses, Joshua, I'm telling you. For all the promises of God are yes and amen. It's one of the first things God gives to Joshua, a personal promise. Look at Joshua 1, 2 through 3. Moses, my servant, is dead. We'll talk about that next week. Very important message, that, that phrase right there. That phrase, my, it, it, we'll, we'll explain that. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land. I'm giving them, I, look at, I promise you, what I promised Moses, wherever you set foot, you will be on the land I've given you. Don't you love that? He made it personal. Because God makes his promise personal. When it's personal, it becomes powerful. I've seen so many people walk around as Christians and never have a personal promise for their lives. Come on, you guys. You guys hear me? Personal promise. God has a personal promise for you right now. Because although there are hundreds of them, let me ask you this, which one do you need right now? Which one do you need right now? What is your greatest challenge right now? God is waiting to hear your specific need in order to give you a specific promise. The Israelites needed a specific promise, provision and protection for the future. If you think about it, isn't that what we all want for our kids? Don't we all want for our kids and our family provision and protection? Don't we all want that, right? Come on. 
We want to see them move into the future doing greater things for God than we ever did. That's what we want. Because provision, yes, milk and honey, but they weren't just heading into a land of milk and honey. They were heading into a land with giants. They needed a promise of protection. And maybe you're asking the same questions they did. God, will you provide? If I lose my job, will you provide? If, if I lose my business, will you take care of me? If I can't go to school, wh- how am I gonna, wh- will, will you be there? Will you provide for me and protect me? My kids, my grandkids, and the answer is yes. Say yes. Yes. Say it like you mean it. Say yes. All of the promises of God are and amen. Come on. Let me nudge you forward with just a few of these provision and protection promises in the Bible, Philippians 4.19. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Let me nudge you forward in protection. Psalm 34, 17, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from some of their troubles. Oh, I missed that. All of your troubles, the trouble that you have should not last forever. I said before, if Goliath is showing up every single morning, something's wrong. Somebody's got to pick up a stone and chuck it. Look at this one, Psalm 138.7. Though I'm surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand and the power of your right hand saves me. I hope you get the point. Take the promise and watch God fulfill it. Well, let me just dive a little further quickly here for a moment because, Dan, how can I find my promise? Are you wondering, how can I find my personal promise? Great question. Let me just ask you this, what's the common theme? What's the obvious thing? What's the issue spoken about most frequently? What's been coming up often? That might be the problem, so just grab the right promise because, for example, why pray for more money when it's your marriage that needs the promise? Money won't fix your marriage. Love and forgiveness will. So if love and forgiveness will fix a marriage, shouldn't you be grabbing all of the promises on love and forgiveness that you can and meditating on them and putting them in action? Doesn't it make sense? And I believe when you do that, so if love and forgiveness is what you need in your marriage, that's what will happen. When you do that, God then goes to work in you and in your marriage. That's what happens. Stay with me here. That's exactly what happens. Sometimes we have the wrong promise that we're looking for. When God says, no, 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 that's not the right one. That's a good one, but that's not the right one for you. And if you don't know what to pray for, start groaning. <laughs> in other words, let the Holy Spirit pray. Look at this, Romans eight twenty six, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. You know what this is? This is a face down on the carpet prayer. That's a crying in your pillow prayer. That's a holy stomping around your kitchen prayer. That's a grunt prayer. That's a grunting war prayer. Without words, but coming from a heart with passion. 
I've seen God answer so many prayers in my life with a groaning when I just got down on my knees, when I looked for some carpet. I had, I had the, 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 the concrete was too hard for my knees. So I had to look for a pillow and some carpet. This is the way I like it. And I got down on my face. And it's great to get on your knees and go like this, but it's amazing when you can get down face down and start eating the, the, the old coffee grounds that were spilled, you know, years ago. God wants to bless you, grab the right promise, and start hitting the bullseye today because the truth, all you hunters and you shooters and whatever you, you do with bows and stuff, if you don't have a target to look at, it will be impossible to hit it. True? So your homework this week is get a specific problem for your, I'm sorry, get, no, don't get, get a, get a, it will be funny. Get a specific promise for your specific problem. Please. Don't just shoot it anywhere. Just, you're never going to hit what you're supposed to hit. Don't just, just shoot up in the air. Just find it, get it, go for it. Take a promise. And remember this. The promise is great, but the one who promises it is way greater. So let me just give you a picture when God shows up with Joshua. In my own words, this is the Dan Klotz Bible version. Joshua shows up and he's a little afraid going in the promised land. And God just simply turns to Joshua. He says, hey, son, listen up. Take a look. Not me, just just imagine I'm God. Take a look. It's me. You got nothing to worry about. Look at me. Who is gonna mess with this? That's what God would say. Joshua, who's gonna mess with this? I use this earth as my footstool. I created everything around you, the entire universe, and I'm still creating. Who is gonna mess with this? Promise is great, but the one who promises is way greater. Number two, take your promise, but please hear this, take the Holy Spirit. Take the Holy, say take the Holy Spirit. Don't leave home without him. Don't leave home without him. When a person receives Jesus as Lord, the Holy Spirit, who is God, comes and lives inside that person. Pretty simple, but miraculous. And then he, the Holy Spirit, will guide you on your journey. Here's how I see it. God the creator, Jesus the savior, the Holy Spirit, our leader. Jesus isn't leading you anymore. God isn't leading you anymore. You know who's leading you? The Holy Spirit. Who is God? The Holy Spirit is leading you. You guys agree with that? He's, he's our GPS for our journey. He's our navigation system. So God gives Joshua a plan and a picture of how and who to follow. Look at this in Joshua 3, 1 through 4. Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Look here, they're about ready. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. Look at this. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Look at this. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. It says, stay about a half mile behind them, keeping clear distance between you and the Ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. You know, I got a couple things there. Number one, that's the Holy Spirit. That is a picture of the presence of God. You know that? The Ark was the presence of God. The picture of the Holy Spirit today. The Holy Spirit lives in you. If you gave your heart to Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Spirit of God. We need 
to take the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going I'm to explain that in a moment. We need to take it to cross over. John 16, 13 says this, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. Right? Not the Father, not Jesus. He, the Holy Spirit, will guide you. I get, they're all one, but who we have here, by the way, it's what children do. They follow their parents. You know that? Never ever say, some people say, you know, do what I say, just don't do what I do. <laughs> that doesn't work. Be an example for Christ. You don't have to say much. They'll follow. They'll follow. When I say do, like we do, things aren't right. You got it. But ch children follow their parents. And as children of God, we follow our heavenly father who is now working through the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 14, for as many are as led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. Because here's the truth. You won't follow who you don't know. Did you know that? You won't follow who you don't know. We tell our kids what? Don't talk to strangers, right? <clears throat> we do that because we want to protect them. Jesus said it this way, John 10, 4 through 5. After he gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They'll run from him. So look at this. Many people don't know the Holy Spirit, so they won't follow the Holy Spirit. Because we're not talking about necessarily, we're talking about taking, you have the Holy Spirit in you, but I'm talking about letting the Holy Spirit speak to you and move through you and lead you. I'm talking about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You guys still here? Getting to know the Holy Spirit. Not by putting him in your pocket, but by letting him lead your heart and life. See, he might be living in you, but is he moving in you? He might be living in you, but is he speaking to you and through you? He might be living in you, but is he leading you? It's kind of like taking a trip with a close friend. Look at this. And never letting them do what they like to do, say what they like to say, or to go where they like to go. They're just tagging along. And what happens is it makes them feel not very valued. But if you realize how the Holy Spirit is a friend, a coach, a comforter, then we'll, we'll be partnering and walking with him, taking him with us. So take him with you as a close companion, close friend, the leader. Remember, he's the, he's the one, he's the one who's gonna get you to cross over. He's the one that'll get you to the, to the, to the promised land. True? Don't leave home without him. Say, don't leave home without him. And by the way, take him serious too. Because if that little, that little thing I just read at the end of that, stay a half mile behind. Now, there, there, there's a closeness of the Holy Spirit, but there's also reverence of God. Oh, man, we could, we could preach a whole month on that. There's a taking, taking serious, right? Having joy and fun in life, but at the same time, ooh, God, ooh. When's the last time you trembled at his word? When's the last time you wept? when you read the Bible? When was the last time you cried when you remembered how much God has done for you in your life? 
take the Holy Spirit. Number three, we'll, we'll get done. Take God's fight. Say, take God's fight. Because as you have noticed in this story, there are enemies and giants in the land. I wish I could tell you that this was a land without giants. By the way, this is not a picture of heaven to come. This is a literal land, and God wants to give you land. But guess what? There's going to be a fight. Say, there's going to be a fight. That's just the way it is. Get ready to fight, but remember, it's not your fight. It's his. If you think it's your fight, then you'll struggle in the battle. But when you know it's his fight, then you'll rest in victory. You can go back and write that down. I think that's good. I'll just say it again. If you think it's your fight, you'll struggle in battle. But, if, but when you know it's his fight, you'll rest in victory. This is where the enemy tries to get us every time, making us believe we are the ones who have to carry the burden of the battle. Don't fall for it. I've made this mistake too often. Have you? Oh, I gotta fight again. It's that orphan mentality. It only causes stress, fear, worry, and anxiety, but the battle is God's burden. Say the battle is God's burden. Exodus 14, 14, easy to remember, 14, 14. The Lord himself will fight for you, just stay calm. Have you ever felt the freedom of someone else fighting your battle? Oh my goodness, you should try it. I think it was sixth grade. I was a little tiny little guy, probably barely five foot tall. Cute though as a button. Blonde hair flowing everywhere because nobody cut it. Looked like a girl. Cute. But you know what? Some people like to push me around. Some people like to, just like you see in the movies, man, push you when you have your books, say things about you, just, just the bullies. And I remember one day after, after school, here I am going to get, waiting for the bus to come, and here's those, those three bullies come up to me, and they start pushing me around. They start teasing me, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, Mike, guy named Mike, comes right up to him. He's bigger than, bigger than me and about their same size. He goes, what are you doing? None of your business. And he stands in between me and these guys and not much longer after that, they just backed off because someone stood in the middle for me. You should try it. It's amazing. By the way, that's what Jesus did and that is what he wants to do for you each day. I love this verse, 2 Chronicles twenty fifteen. He said, listen, all you people, of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle is not yours, but God's. Never, ever, ever, ever fall for the trap of taking the burden of the battle on your own shoulders. So go ahead, take your five stones, but take God's fight. Take your five stones. Because really, it wasn't David who killed that giant. Man, he hit him square. I mean, the, the, the chance of him, mean, he was really good, but he wasn't that good. He threw a stone, that little guy, and took the giant down. <laughs> Almost done. Take the fight. Take God's favor. Say, take God's favor. God has gifted each one of us with his favor, his promise of support and success. Did you know, let me just... Switch your brain for a moment. Did you know that your enemy is afraid of you because of God's favor on you? Did you realize that your enemy is afraid of you because of God's favor on you? 
Look at this, look at this, Joshua 2, 9 and 11. Look, check this out. Spies go in the land and they talk to this young lady, Rahab, and this is what she says. She goes, I know the Lord has given you this land. She told them, we are afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror, for we have heard how the Lord made a dry path through uh, you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what he did to Sihon and Og and two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder, <laughs> excuse me, our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens and above the earth below. <clears throat> Whoo! Did you know that your enemy is actually afraid of you because of God's favor on you? But what I notice is that we struggle with taking God's favor, believing it. I tell people all the time, you, you, you looking for a new job? You go and talk to that boss? You say, I just want to let you know, if you, if you hire me, this business is going to be blessed because God's in it. God just showed up. God just showed up in your business. <laughs> this, your business is going to go to the next level because I'm here, but God's here, right? That's favor. Your enemies are free because God's favor on you. And if you read this book, I encourage you to do it, Joshua. This is what you're gonna find out. For seven years, they were virtually untouchable. Seven nations conquered, at least 31 kings defeated, approximately 10,000 square miles of choice property claimed. Seven years of unbelievable success. They were outnumbered, but not outpowered, under-equipped, but never overwhelmed. They had God's favor, and they needed it to cross over. And every child of God has the favor of God. The Bible is filled with it. Look at this truth, Psalm 512. Lord, how wonderfully you bless the righteous. Your favor wraps around each one and covers them under your canopy of kindness and joy. His favor, take it, take it. Well, one day I'll have it. One day. No, 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 no. Now, can you picture the favor of God wrapped all around you and on you? Come on. Start a business, whatever you do, you just know you're going in with God's success right there. But some people forget to take God's favor and to realize that. We become more afraid of the enemy within us and around us than understand that, oh my goodness, God's in me and God's on me and God's around me, surrounds me with his favor. That's why we can go into places and say, huh, Oh, there's, there's 10,000 demons in this place? <laughs> uh, Lord, will you take your pinky and just kind of flick it? <laughs> Luke 4.19, look at, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come right now. And God is always searching for someone to bless with favor. That's his nature. And lastly, take your faith. Take your faith. Take your faith. This is what I love. I love how God ignites Joshua's faith. And read chapter one. That's awesome. The first, uh, first nine or 10 verses, he says things like, I've chosen you. 
Let me just speak this to you uh, personally. I've chosen you. Wherever you set your foot, that's your land. No one will be able to stand against you, be strong and courageous. He's not talking about Joshua's muscles. He's not talking about a strong body. He's talking about strong belief, strong in the spirit, strong in trust. So for nine verses, he pumps Joshua up. That's an old Saturday Night Live skit. Let me pump you up, right? He stirs his faith. I love it how God doesn't make Joshua nervous. Please hear this. He didn't say, oh my goodness, man, you better pump that faith up. You better have a lot of faith. You better, you, you better, you better, you better, you better have a ton of faith. Joshua, I'm counting on you. This is all on your shoulders. No, 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 no. Joshua already had faith. He was just pulling it out of him. He was pulling that faith. You all have faith. Every person's been given a measure of faith. Everyone, you all have faith. But but can you let God pump you up and pull it out of you for this journey to the promised land? I love God just pumping him up. That's what God does. He, He pumps you up. And I love what a wonderful woman of God said the other day at lunch. She said, oh, I just love this phrase. She says, your mountain, mountains never multiply, but mustard seeds do. Please hear that. Sometimes we think our mountains are gonna keep multiplying. No, no, no. You don't see, multi- you don't see mountains making mountains. <laughs> but you take one little mustard seed, put it in the middle of that mountain, oh my goodness, it's gonna multiply. Think about taking two mustard seeds. Think about taking four promises and putting them in the middle of your problem and watching that thing grow. Watching God's faith, your faith, overwhelm that circumstance in just moments. Love it. So take your faith. Everything hinges on that. Everything hinges on just simply believing. And and we're gonna end here, John 6, 29. It says, Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. We've been trying to believe in things, believe in people, putting our trust in things and people in the future. Listen, I'm glad. I don't like it when it's out of control, but I'm glad when it's out of my control because it makes me cling to a God that's in control. People say uncertain times, no, because we have a certain God. Certain God certainly will fulfill his promise. Certainly will get you to a land. By the way, this land isn't an island for you to live on. This land is for you to impact more people. This land is your neighbor across the street. This land is that person, your workplace. That's what that is. This land is your marriage. (laughs) Start there. If it ain't working at home, don't export Hey, start packing. Say, start packing. Take the Holy Spirit. Take your promise. Take take the Holy Spirit. Take God's fight. Take God's favor. Take your faith. Get ready for something new. I hope this went deep into your heart today. I wasn't supposed to come down, but I am. I'm here. Here I am. Emily, why don't you come and finish? We, we, we're we're going to just end in prayer. And she's gonna, if there are any prayer requests, she's going to pray over them really quick. Um, you guys, God loves us so much. I, I think this, what he's speaking today, I pray that it speaks to you personally and individually and that you would 
have that courage to Joshua say, I'm, I'm going into a place I've never been before. Come on. You haven't been there before, but it's so good. It's filled with, with, with all the things that God has for us. And I'm talking about first internally. I'm talking about the freedom and the joy. Put that smile back on your face in this new land. What do you got, Emma? Uh, I have a word of encouragement and one prayer request as well. So I'm going to read this word of encouragement because it's really good for Great. this prayer request. And we can all agree together. Um, so somebody saw this. Uh, as we were worshiping, I sensed Jesus dancing around each person in the room. As we fight our battles with worship and praise, we're releasing the Holy Spirit from within us who is greater than any enemy. First John 4, verse 4, but you belong to God, my dear children. You've already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Yeah. So there may be ones feeling overwhelmed by everything going on around you in the world right now, but he is with you and he wants you to fight with spiritual weapons, praise and thanksgiving. So here's the prayer request, and if you all would agree together yeah. with us, there was a couple who had a baby yesterday, and sadly, that baby passed away shortly after he was born. And so, Lord, we agree together yes. with this word of encouragement yeah. that that couple will let you fight this battle, yeah. Lord, that they are right now on their faces in grief, yes. but Lord, you're coming to bring them a season of joy yes, again, Lord. Yes, yes. Weeping does last for a night, and there is a dark time, and there is grief, but joy will come in the morning. Yes, that's right. So we pray over this couple that you would hover over them, Holy Spirit, that you would surround them, Lord, that you would sing over them, that you would fight this battle for them, Lord, win the victory for them, guard their hearts, Lord, Hold them close. Comfort them, Lord. Give them your peace that surpasses all understanding. We thank you, Lord, that you are with them. You will never leave them or forsake them. Yeah. You know exactly what they need. So, Lord, win the victory for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your heads bowed for a moment. I want to, if you've never crossed over into the life of Christ, not a, never been a new believer, I want to take just one minute to do that. It's a very simple prayer. If you say, Dan, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit living in me. I don't know if I've ever truly surrendered my life to Christ. This is your day. I did it in 1994, and uh, my life has been radically transformed simply by praying this prayer, receiving the Holy Spirit, and then being led by Him. So if you would, online here, it's as simple as that, giving Jesus your heart. And I just say this three times. Say it with me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. You can say it. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, come into my heart. Lord, I thank you, God, that today someone has given their heart to you. And if you have, uh, love you to get to know you. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear your story. We love you and thank you for joining us today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E.org. 
and like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.